Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. If you want the run uncut, yeah. unapologetic from the jump, yeah. and no politics in this club, just dirt from the streets and the clicks in the mud. Tech 12, best podcast for the Seahawks, number one sports talk, yeah, we got it on live. Tech 12, every episode 12 hot takes, and we repping for Seattle, my play. Tech 12. It's the Take 12 podcast, thanks for tuning in. Uh, on this episode, I mean, we weren't planning on doing an episode till next week, but on this episode, there is breaking, shocking Seahawks news to cover. We had to call an emergency podcast session. Uh, the news is... <laughs> uh, Pete Carroll is out as the Seahawks head coach, and there's much to discuss. So uh, Lofa's here, Katie's here. McNeil is here, and we we got into it. We went all the way through it. We'll tell you where we were when we heard the news and what we thought about it, of course. Shout out to our sponsor, Wiener Schnitzel. Two locations, Everett and Fife. Go on in, do something different for lunch today. Mention Pete Carroll, and you might get some tears. Mention the Take 12 podcast, (laughs) and you might get a, or no, you will get a free hot dog with your purchase. Mention our hockey podcast. Release the show, get a free ice cream cone. We don't talk about the other shows on the show. I know, but maybe they want dessert. So there you go. It's Wiener Schnitzel, everybody. Everett and Fife. Uh, Lofa, man, I mean, we really covered it on this episode, right? Like, <laughs> um, I'm spent. Where did, what did we talk about? I mean, we. so I asked you, let's see, we, we talk about will he raise the flag? Will they build a statue? Uh, is he going mm. into the Hall of Fame? Will he take another job? We we talked about Possible that uh, uniform change. Will the Seahawks have a new uniform? We really went through everything here, and of course, uh, Lofa also gives us plenty of Pete stories along the way, not just from his time with the Seahawks, of course, but also going back to the USC days. And so, uh, sit back, buckle up, and enjoy us. Uh, well, it, you know, listen to us talk go. about the greatest Seahawks coach of all time. Well, why don't we just start with where were you when you heard the news and what did you think? I was on a call and a friend got a breaking news alert mm-hmm. that, that Pete was no longer the head coach. And then I got one and it just, and the text started to fly yeah. and everything. Yeah. And it's just, I was shocked. Um, you know, uh, one year left his contract, like we stated, Katie, and you know, we're only a couple pieces away from a deep playoff run and a, a Super Bowl run. Mm-hmm. But I, I understand in terms of timing, um, just Pete being 72. And, you know, there's never a great time to move on from a legend. <laughs> like, whether it's a player, whether it's a coach, it doesn't matter. It's it's But you know it's inevitable. And um, it's it's a sad day. Yeah, um, I. it's funny because we talked about it on our last episode, or I brought it up, and we kind of kicked it around a little bit. And, uh, you know, I started seeing things on Twitter in the sort of deep recesses of Seahawk fan Twitter that I that me and McNasty dabble in. Um, sort of towards the end of the Steelers game, um, like there was moments Pete was kind of taking last, sort of staying on the field, sort of seemed to be taking it in. I think we mentioned it. Um, but, I, of course kept telling myself like there's no possible way like you know get that out of your head like come on I mean they almost made the playoffs it's a winning season um it didn't seem like he like we had talked about like he had lost the locker room in any way or anything so I was shocked as well I think shocked is a good way to say it I was totally shocked 
And then I started thinking immediately, as, 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 of course, as soon as I saw that he was going to stay on it as, as an advisor, I thought, okay, well, then maybe this is actually Pete's idea. But then when you listen to the press conference and stuff, no, it doesn't sound like this was Pete's idea at all, which then made me start thinking they have to know who they want to bring in already because you don't, as you said, move on from a legend unless you know what you want to do. And you better be pretty secure in that, by the way, because this guy is probably going to have a statue built outside the stadium. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's kind of what, you know, and I'm just projecting what Uh it signaled to me is you don't, this isn't a, you know, they had their meetings and everything and I don't think anything happened in there. I think this is something they probably talked about with Pete. Sure. He deserves that. Yeah. And I'm not just talking for the Super Bowl. You have to look at the total body of work and, and what I think was his best two coaching years, you know, Super Bowl was standing the last two years. (laughs) And, and I think that's what, you know, it's to go nine and eight. When you lose your franchise quarterback, everybody that's lost their franchise quarterback, look what happened to the Patriots. Look what happened to the Colts when they lost Peyton Manning. They ended up with the number one overall pick. I mean, you just, there's so many, you know, examples to to pull from so in my opinion this was the two best years i think that i've seen out of pete and it was two of the most fun years i've seen of him on the sideline oh yeah i think he was loving every minute of the challenge i i I, they win a couple more games last year and he he could have been coach of the year for sure i think you know just a couple more wins in the wind column because they did make the playoffs but just you know a couple extra because like you said what he did with what he had Young guys, uh, uh, just just keeping the stip- ship steady with the exit of Russ and and not losing seasons. I'm you know they went for two against Arizona and won that game. You know maybe uh, who knows maybe hey maybe they were telling him to take a dive and Pete said no I'm gonna win this game in the fourth quarter. You know <laughs> maybe maybe Pete just took the headset off and said no Gino we're going for two and then you know the man upstairs had to get rid of the rebel Pete <laughs> at 72. Who knows. Maybe they wanted those three yeah, extra that, draft picks or uh, three extra spots, Lofa. Three extra spots? Yeah. No. Come but on. But it's just classic, classic Pete fashion. You know, we're we're not here to get a tie mm-hmm. and play for overtime. We're you know we're here to win. And just from that press conference, man, all the it was beautifully done. Um, oh, his just, his exit one. Yeah. Well, can we stay on the last I game mean, for one second? Can we stay on the last game for one second, okay. though? Just because I just want, I sure. just, if, if I mean, because that's his last game. And what a Pete game, right? Like going for two at the end, throwing it, finding Lockett in the back, doing Lockett things, and then winning the yeah. game with his defense on the field and a, a missed field goal and a nail biter for all of us. That, that's, a, that's a Pete Carroll game. So that's, yeah. I, 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 I was smiling thinking about that yesterday. There's so many memories, especially, you know, everyone brings up the bad memories in Arizona. I always bring up the good. You know, I go back to when I was coaching and uh-huh. and we, you know, ended the season. It was a 2015 season. And, um, you know, we were number one in defense and they're our defense. So, so we took out, you know, the Legion of Boom and all those guys came out because we had the, the win in hand. Mm-hmm. And the the backups finished. And if they had let up a score, which they were driving the Cardinals, it would have taken us from uh, number one down to two or three. Wow. And, 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 and they didn't pull them. Chris Richard and Pete were like, no, we got who we want out there. Let them finish it. And we came away as the fourth consecutive year, number one defense, Mm. which hadn't been done since the fifties and the Browns. Mm. Mm. Lots of good Pete memories, man. Well, we should we should get into those. But you mentioned the presser. Um, I have some clips actually from it um, that that we could play. One that I definitely want to play for you. Um, but did you have yeah. a chance to listen to it at all, or have you seen some clips? I, I did. I watched it. Yeah, on the couch. Yeah, and man, I was almost in tears. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm glad they didn't tell me because if I was there, I probably would have been in tears. Yeah, and, you know, if they told everybody that place would have been mobbed. It would have been there, packed. There was a, you know, yeah, it was already packed as it was, standing room only. Yeah, he got me. He he got me at, at one point. Um the he, you know, in his Pete way, yeah, his opening statement is 11 minutes. So we can't, we're not going to play all 11 minutes yeah. of uh Pete, but 
It's classic Pete, and he got me. Um, he got me right off the top when he started kind of talking about all the people that have worked for him in all the years and all the coaches. I mean, he, you know, I'm sure you heard like, and and you're one of those guys, and of course a player and a coach for him, and just, and then I just started thinking about man, 14 years of just. Well, you could tell us, like, just coming in and out of the building and working for the guy. And, and he got so choked up when he was thinking about all of you guys that have worked for him. I thought I, – and that's when I really heard his voice shake for the first time, and you could tell how emotional yeah. that connection is for him. And so – and it made me think of you, and I just thought that was cool. Oh, it meant the world to all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, when a head coach gets all those wins and all that, you know, it's it's usually them to get noticed and recognized – Behind closed closed doors, he's always sh- showering us with praise and saying, "Hey, you know, we couldn't do it without you know the run game or this." And like he's pointing out all the collective efforts of the individual coaches in each you know department. So um, you know, for him to bring it back, because this is really a day that really should have just been about Pete. And I think he kind of showed you his character right there when he could have sat there and, and and talked about all his great memories. He talked about his coaches and his players. Yeah. Yeah. That was really cool. And he, I mean, he was clearly emotional and, um, you know, I think we can, we can talk about, I want to talk about like just all the, maybe what went into the decision a little bit more, but the clip I want to play you from the press conference since, since we're talking mm-hmm. about it is this, uh, this clip right here. I have, I wish I could share the screen video wise for you, but I think for you, it'll be audio. Um, when he he just talks about the players, man, because and and what the players in the league mean to him and all of that, and I I just think it's cool, and you don't really hear, you know, this kind of thing that often, so I think it's cool here. Uh, let's go here. Players that that have been part of this thing, you don't probably know this how, how deeply I feel about um, the NFL is about the players, and uh, we've not recognized that to my satisfaction. I brought it up at the league meetings a few years ago and probably surprised some people about it. But this league is about the players. And without those guys doing what they do, there's nothing. It isn't about the ownership. It's not about the coaching. It's not about the color of the uniforms or the going to the stadiums. It's about those guys doing what they do and putting their, their body on the line so regularly. And it's not just a, a statement. It's, it's real. Uh, and to, we should always, I, in my opinion, understand that we should celebrate those guys because they are the NFL. They are this this game that we love and, and the game we get to coach. Who, who would I be coaching, you know? Um, and uh, I have some a lot of thoughts about that, but I really do appreciate it. And to see some of our guys here today, I mean, it means the world. It means the world. <laughs> he got me again. He got me again. Yeah. He got yeah, me again, Come man. on, man. <laughs> Uh, I mean, because, you know, like, uh, well, I, what are He's your th- right. I want to get your thoughts, Lofa, first on that. I mean, right? You see why people play for him. Yeah. And they give everything they have. I mean, everything, man. Yeah. It's real. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, oh, man. I, th- I just think, um, yeah, you know, ho- hopefully, like, he gets it. He gets it. You know, he gets it. And hopefully people yeah. listening and fans out there and, you know, a player goes the wrong way on a play or someone makes some boneheaded thing and we jump on them and all that. And, you know, and we do it here on the podcast and it's fun and all that. But And, and, and you should because you're a sports fan. But, you know, Pete, they, he gets it. And hopefully everybody out there, you get it. Because at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's about the players and the whole league is the players. And, and the owners, God, the owners got to just get it, you know. Pete gets it. I think all the good coaches get it. You know, I'm trying to get it in the coaching I do for my young players. I'm sure you do, Lofa. It's about the players, isn't it? Always. Yeah. And another thing, you know, in his messaging that he hinted on there um, about the players is if you're not having fun, you're not doing it right. Mm. You know? And Mm -hmm. I think that was always a big question for any NFL team that was going to, you know, go on limb and, and hire him was oh well you know it's it's a bunch of rah-rah and and i love that he went up there up here and dispelled the myth of you know a player's coach can't succeed and no i mean he always just cared more about his players and he made that evident and Mm -hmm. if someone had a problem with that it was probably someone that was accustomed to just getting yelled at (laughs) you know well and i think you know yeah that's coaching style that that's his yeah that's his style and and you know for people to say oh it won't work up here he proved it and i mean i think that is 
He's one of four coaches in the history of coaching to win the college national championship and the, and the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. That is unbelievable. Yeah. And I mean, damn near won the Super Bowl twice. And I mean, how many more yes. college championships would he have won and everything? Yeah. Um, it's, uh, yeah, man. Uh, wow. I, oh gosh, I had so many thoughts and they just like flew right out of my head. I mean, I think for me, you know, we can talk about the football of it. We can talk about the direction the team was headed. We can talk about the X's and the O's. We can talk about should you replace a coach or not. But I think the reason that clip gets me is because like he just win or lose, like he gets what it's about and it's about the players. And I just, I, you know, if, if his motto for the players is protect the team, I think Pete's for himself is protect his players, you know, and he always did. I think from an outsider's perspective, I have no clue. I've never met the guy, but that's just how it felt as a fan. And what more do you want from your head coach than just being loyal as hell and protecting your players? And well, I mean, he, he referenced it all how the guys were in the room. Bobby was there. Gino was there. Tyler Lockett was in the room. I think other players were in the press conference room. Honestly, they didn't seem happy. I don't think they want him gone. I think they were shocked. Don't you? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, because they did have end of the year meetings. And in those meetings, it you know, before they worked everything out, I guarantee you the message was like, hey, we'll be back better than we were this year. And like, let's just keep getting better. It was just kind of like one of the ethos to always compete, but mm-hmm. always get better. Like always get better. Like those were like the, the staples in his program whether it was college or the NFL and it carried over, man. And, you know, so I think just disbelief is probably the best word I could put, you know, if I had to think of what I would feel like if I was in those seats um, that, you know, one of the pillars that have always given you a reason to believe in this team won't be on the sideline anymore that that's, you know, and we, we, we've seen it with players before and and then now as the coach you know this he's the one that always carried the torch for us and um and so you know john's got big shoes to fill but john is also one of the other pillars yeah and so i have faith yeah. going forward and again like well, see, it sounds this is like just, pete will be around to help out too <clears throat> or whatever whatever, whatever this, just, this advisor this role is, is pete I don't carol know. you're hearing right now <laughs> this is pete carol you're hearing right now the the voice of optimism yeah and hope mm-hmm. and it's one of the gifts he's given me as a player and a coach under him is, and I think that's why, you know, you could go to any Seahawks podcast and listen to them bash the team you love. You could do that. Uh, there's a lot of them, but why do I always talk about the silver lining? Cause that's what a fucking winner does. Hmm. And that's what Pete taught me. Yeah. I was telling Katie before we came on here, we were kind of talking about it, setting everything up and, uh, yeah, I was I was saying he's taught me stuff just as a fan. I mean, watching him for 14 years, watching the way he goes about his coaching, uh, and I coach you know my son and daughter now, and 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 these other young players, and the thing that we're talking about about protecting your players and knowing that it's about the players and about keeping it fun and high energy and optimistic and positive, and that you know even when things are going bad, you'll get your opportunity and keep competing and. I mean, I, I never read the book. I'm just a Seahawk fan, but look at all the things he's given me. So, you know, and again, X's and O's, wins or losses, we can talk about all that stuff forever. But when it comes to the man, I think, and when it comes to the coach, uh, just a legend and full of lessons. And uh, so I think he'll be, he'll be missed in that way for sure. We ask players who come on, former players who come on to the show, what their favorite Pete-ism is. Brett, I don't mm-hmm. think we know what your favorite Pete-ism <laughs> is, because you're the one who usually asks the question. Well, I'll tell you, when they lose a close game in the fourth quarter, it's not the win in the first quarter, <laughs> second and third quarter, fourth quarter thing. Um, but I, but I do, I, but you know what? I do love it when it works and I use it for my players when it's cause it's basically, it's not over till it's over. Right. And that's a great one to always keep competing. But I was saying to you before the show, I think it's really, and Lofa even said, it's like, it's just this whole thing, just this whole compete thing, his whole, you know, there's someone coming after you. If you don't kind of, you know, you got to take care of your stuff. Cause it's not just like all positivity, like Lofa said, and you know, maybe I get a this as a coach sometimes people are oh this guy's just too loud and energetic and running around and doesn't teach the fundamentals it's like no 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 don't get it twisted and i think the same things with pete like don't get it twisted 
if you're not performing, you're out, you know, like compete. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, come on. I'm not that way with my eight year olds. I'm Pete's that way. <laughs> but what say. I'm saying is like, but what I get a little from them is just the, like, you got to kind of take it seriously when you're out here between the lines, you got to compete. You got to tap oh. in. You got to be, you know, I, we're here to, we're here to do the thing. But by the way, have a shit ton of fun while we're doing it. Mm-hmm. Because we're I think, happy. <laughs> I think that's, that's I the thing that me. got lost in translation in terms of, you know, at SC and, you know, everybody saying, oh, it won't work is, you know, they don't take it seriously. No one worked harder than we did when we were at SC. And that's mm. evident of the 34 game win streak, which, you know, even Pete alluded to. He goes, I think I got ruined by all the winning. He goes, now there's never enough winning. That's one of the quotes I'll take from, you know, that. <laughs> That presser was unbelievable. Um, but he, he said, I think I got ruined when you went on a, a two-year spree of no losses and two straight national title appearances. Mm. It's, you know, I feel like something probably clicked or changed because I don't think he had had that amount of success, you know, as a head coach. And and then from there, he said, oh, it is possible. You know, this, I can sustain this over a long period of time. And so he was ready for that next challenge when he, when he came up here. Um, but I think a lot of people didn't think he took it seriously when he is one of the most serious in the room at all times, but you know, it doesn't mean you have to be yelling. It doesn't right. mean you have to, you know, not talk. And you know, there's no one more disappointed when we lose. Well, like, and, and that's, he, he takes it as hard as the players do. Well, and I think that's why him and Russ work so well together, isn't it? Because you have Pete coming at it from the stay positive energy, high energy, everything's going to work out, optimistic. And Russ was the same way. They had to be two peas in a pod right off the right off the bat, at least in terms of their philosophy and then work ethic also, because Pete comes at it from the work ethic and we know Russell does. And so that had to be why that was just so beautiful, especially at the beginning. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to outwork. Pete is in there until the early hours of the morning. Mm. Like I remember him coming by my cubicle and just like, I'm like, why are you still here? <laughs> He's <laughs> like, what do you mean? I never left. Uh, yeah, exactly. Right. Um, but, uh, and just, you know, you're like, Hey, I sent you some clips, check them out, you know, just about a player or about a scheme. And he's like, I just want your thoughts. And, um, and sometimes he remembered, Usually if he asked twice, it was important because, um, you know, I would do these reports and then talk to him and he's like, oh, I don't have time. And, <laughs> and so it was just like little shit like that, that, I mean, it makes Pete, Pete, right? Yeah, Pete's um, Pete. yeah. he's turning over every rock, might not need the answer to everything, but he wants to know that, you know, it's within reach mm-hmm. and relentless pursuit of perfection, just like you're talking about, you know, Russ. Um, yeah. And they absolutely, it was a match made in heaven. Um where else does a third rounder come in and supplant the guy that just got paid the big bucks to be the man? You got to believe, and, man. And who has the balls to make that decision? Big balls Pete does. Yeah. Right? And yeah. it worked out. And I think just both of their unwe- unwavering belief right. in themselves and the team showed you what, what greatness was. It's and like I mean, Ted Lasso in real life. Watch. It's like Ted Lasso in it, real life, isn't it? It's like just believe in yourself, you know, positive attitude, all of that. I mean, believe me, Seahawks fans, trust me, there were times when I was annoyed. I mean, they'd lose a close game and he'd be up there like, well, you know, we gave it our best shot and we really had a chance to win. I'm like, can you just take it seriously for a second? (laughs) You know, I get it, but it works. It works. I mean, looking back, you can't argue with the record, can you? At no point in all those press conferences, those, you know, even after a loss, was he not telling the truth of True. what he believed? That's right. And I think that is what guys pay attention to. That's what we as players, we look for like, okay, does this loss, does this win, does anything change them? And he never changed. No. And I think that's what was cool to see. And my favorite Peteism, taking it back to producer. Oh, Katie, yeah, yeah. It comes from SC. And Cause you know, I was there in the early days when things were just starting to turn around and um, you know, we were getting on a good roll and he would always come in and he'd be like, Hey, you know, pretty good game. He'd, he'd do his old routine, his shtick and you know, everybody be all pumped up and jazzed and right, right. Jacked and pumped. And, uh, and then he'd bring you right back down to earth. He'd be like, we ain't done shit yet, boys. That was my favorite fucking speech of all time. Because he would do it when we were on that undefeated for two years, 
he kept doing it until we got to the big game. He goes, all right, we finally done something. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, we're all like, I mean, it's the fucking national championship. You know, like you got to acknowledge that. He's like, we've earned the right to compete one more time. Wow. And he didn't make it a big deal. He mm-hmm. just said, congratulations, now let's get to work. But that I loved and I wished he did that, you know, when when I was there as a player and as a coach in the Seahawks, that after every win, he brought you back down to earth a little more. Like, hey, we ain't done shit yet, boys. Just wait till wait till next week. There had to be nothing better than when you make a big play. And for you, you gotta you gotta take us inside of this. Cause for you it'd be at USC. There's a great picture. I found on Google image of him hugging the shit out of you at USC. It's great. Um, And then of course, as a Seahawk, there had to be nothing better than just making a big play and seeing him being the loudest cheerleader on the sideline as you come running over. It's, I mean, it's, it's crazy, right? Because you, you see most head coaches and they're just very stoic and Mm -hmm. just like, Hey, nice play. Like, you know, um, you know, maybe a high five, but no, he genuinely, he, he reacts as if he was out there with you. And um, it's, I mean, it's rare. Well, he and is in a way, isn't he? Huh? He is yeah, out oh, there yeah. with you. Absolutely. Yeah. And so it's, um, it, it was cool. You know, there's a lot of big plays and everybody gets celebrated. And, and I think that's, you know, Pete always, he put up clips like the next day. And I think, you know, a lot of coaches, this is what I took from, you know, as a coach, even as a player, I, I observed and I noticed, I was like, he celebrates the effort, you know, he'll put up a couple plays and recognize a couple individual efforts that, Hey, you know, me Bain, if you don't take on that double team, loaf doesn't come free. Hey, you know, if you don't mm. give 100% effort chasing that ball, when it pops out, there's only their guys to recover it. And like, that's the biggest teaching point, you know, is like just the effort, right? That's something that he's always harped on in terms of, you know, what he looks for. Well, that's for the compete thing, right? Like, it's just, if that you're is, always competing, then you're always putting in max effort, aren't you? Everything you got. Right, right. Ugh. I mean, you have to consider yourself lucky to have played for him as much as you have when you kind of look around. Because, I mean, all coaches aren't the same. There's some real jerks out there, sort of, you know? And I'm sure Pete could be a jerk sometimes, too, or whatever in that way. Everyone's got egos or whatever. But at the end of the day, to play for a guy who's just – rooting for you as hard as he is and and to have it be so genuine coming out of him it's just got to be so cool so yeah no it was um it was different right you know i i even from from college i had never experienced anything like that in high school growing up like just especially coming from the east coast you know i had never seen a coach like that Mm -hmm. there was no coach like that there Mm -hmm. is no coach like that i think some are trying to you know uh capture that that essence that that makes him special but that's pete you know it's you you can't duplicate that because that's him was he different in college compared to the pros at all not at all same speeches same delivery same cadence (laughs) same time um it works you know he did work on some new jokes which were refreshing so to not hear hear the same (laughs) joke but he got creative in his delivery um yeah, he mastered it. And nice. I think, you know, that's what he expected. And, and really more so than expected, it's what he wanted for you as a player, was just to you to be your best you could possibly be. But does that mean that he was already at his best? Like, did he – how did Pete get better? Well, because you can always get better. That's probably his philosophy that's, for everyone, including himself, right? Yeah. Oh, sorry. No, he'll, he'll find ways. No, no. no. <laughs> You're both, you're right. You're absolutely right. Right. But I mean, that's, it's what he believes is I'm I'm never finished. I'm never done. The work's never done. There's some area and he would, whether it was like going over reports and like analyzing every single thing and he's like, Oh, we took a step backwards in in short yardage. You know why? Like Mm -hmm. he wanted to know. And, and then, you know, he would look at all the schemes and like, you know, well, what did we do the majority of time? Why didn't it work? He, Every single fucking detail. He's the I'm boss. He needs the info. He's like Dr. Evil. And, um, <laughs> but in terms of, you know, how he got better, you know, just the delivery and timing of his jokes, you know, and, 
and you but know they everything. The same yeah. jokes? Well, with with age and wisdom, and you know, you learn timing, and he's like you know, your uncle that just has the same material for the last thirty years, but it's gotten slightly better. Look, Is that what we're? I saying? just hope that because we'll, we'll see because. Oh, every God. four years in, in college or every year you lose a, a crop of, you know, players and you get a new crop. So it's new material to them. But when you get to the NFL and you got like a seven, eight year vet, you know, it's you got to not change the punchline, but change the delivery right. or the arrival of the punchline. You Keep know, fresh. It's, it's so yeah. he kept us on our toes. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, where was I? I had something and then I don't even know what I was going to say. Um, I got something. Okay, go 264 for it. wins. Yeah. Between college and the NFL. Yeah. 81 and 83. Yeah. I'm, you know, and his run, especially with Russ, right? The record. I mean, the final record with the Seahawks, 14 seasons, 137 and 89. But, I mean, if you subtract even just the last, like, three years and kind of go to the, the glory years of it, that percentage, the win percentage jumps up. And, I mean, what a legend. Just... You can't argue Those with the success. Staggering numbers, you man. can't argue with the but, success, man. Like all the winning seasons, the playoffs, the, the what he did for the team in terms of uh, the division championships. I mean, come on. It was cool to hear him talk about it was my last home game. And I actually texted him about it. Uh, Beastquake. Um, he brought it up, you know, in his speech, you know, that we're playing the defending. They asked him about a moment that stuck, stuck out. And he said, we're playing defending Super Bowl champions. And no one's giving us a chance. He goes, and we're talking about it all week. Like, we're winning. We got this. And I remember doing, I forget who the reporter was, but um, I told him, I go, just wait to, wait to see what happens. I go, because we're already, we got this. Yeah. We, we know in our heart that we believe this is our game. And this was after New Orleans several three five five weeks before beat us, you know, by two scores yep. in New Orleans. Yeah. So, um, but I remember the feeling of believing it was our game. Nah, that's what he gives you. So, uh, let's talk legacy. When does he raise the twelfth man flag? Give me a date. That's got to be coming, right? That's so that's coming. Immediately. I mean, that's got to be first, first game first next game. year. First oh, game. come on now. He's going to be, his whole arm will fall off. He'll be waving that towel so crazy. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, when do they build a statue? And do they build a statue? Because they have to build a statue. Yeah, where does it go? That's just my question. I don't know. Somewhere out in front. But is he chewing gum in the statue or is he throwing <laughs> gum? Is he mid chew? How do they capture the gum? It's gotta be like I think it would just in bronze. I think it would be the iconic pose would just be when he rips his headset off and raises his arms in the air. Yeah. I think that's that's the lasting memory I think we should all have. Absolutely. And and see every time we go to to the stadium. Well, because the headset was coming off because it was always on the final play. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't need it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Whether it was on defense or offense, we always won on the final play. With Pete. Oh, man. Um, okay, uh, Ring of Honor? Yeah. Absolutely. absolutely. Hello? Yep, yeah, that's uh, coming. Um, how about, okay, Seahawks Hall of Fame, 100%. Um, he yeah. doesn't have a number, so, I mean, we, we could retire a headset. <laughs> I don't know. But um, how about uh, NFL Hall of Fame? Yeah. Yep. I... You know, he had a dynasty, mm -hmm. and I think anyone that's had one has been in, right? Yeah. No. Well, I'm not going to – we won't bring it up. We don't have to hash it out, but I'm just saying, you go back to that game two years in a row, you have that success, you win five titles. Um, dude, that is a record, you know, yeah. and a half. Yeah. Like, And then you got to count the wins from his first four years – Yep. One with the Jets, three with the Patriots. You know, there's another two playoff appearances, another win. Um, what he's done for the game, what he's meant the, to the, the players. Numbers. Yeah, totally. I mean, just just, like, just image-wise, like, he's just, he's perfect. Put him in. When the Hawks posted 181 wins, it blew my mind. I just, I couldn't believe it. I knew it was a lot, but that that is a shitload amount of wins. That, You'd be lucky to coach 181 games. Never mind coach enough games to get 181 wins. Absolutely. Oh, speaking of which, okay, before we do all this legacy hunting, how about coaching another team? Question mark? Is he done? I don't think it's a question mark. I think it's a, a matter of time. 
Yeah. College or pro? Is, uh, he'll have his pick. Yeah. Um, I think. <laughs> Alabama? Um, you know, I just, I think Pete, where he would be happiest, I believe, would be in college. Mm-hmm. But in terms of schedule-wise, I think he enjoys the NFL schedule because, you know, you don't have to recruit. You're literally just – you go to the combine, you look at tape, and then you select the players you want. Uh-huh. In college, there is nobody right now. Maybe Dion is the only one that has a chance to, to land a kid over Pete. I promise you. I don't give a shit that he's 72. He will go out there and out hustle. He is the best recruiter I've ever seen. So is he is he locked to the Seahawks because of the contract? Is that why they made him an advisor? Or can he be like, no way, I've got two words for you guys, fight on? <laughs> I I have no idea the details of the contract. Uh, right. But I I feel like, you know, it all happened kind of kind of fast. Yeah. I so did. I think that's why he's, you know, I'll just – Stick around as an advisor for a year. But in that year, I, I guarantee you his phone's ringing right now. Yeah. Well, okay. Like, I, with ha- teams like. How about the Chargers? LA, Sunny Weather, Justin Herbert. Oh, landing spots? Any team. Pick <laughs> yeah. one. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> like, I, it's, I'm dead serious too when I say that. It's just pick one. Yeah. And any owner would, you know, fly him out or fly over to him and be like, hey, Pete. Let's let's do this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. How about this? I wrote down, um, I wrote uh, new uniform question mark. We kind of got this current uniform when Pete came, or at least one year later, I think. And then Holmgren sort of had his uniform during his time. Does whoever's coming next, are we due for a uni upgrade or change or refresh or you know what I mean? Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't. I think that was kind of a, a league going from Reebok to Nike mm-hmm. thing, okay. more so than moving, turning the page on a, an era. I kind of like the idea, though, that the coach gets his own unis for the era. I like it. You yeah, have but to make sure you're hiring to? another era legacy coach, though. Well, I don't know. We could design it right now. I mean, look, the, the throwback was popular. I'm not pitching the throwback as the uniform, but what I would pitch you is a bit of the mi- a mix of the old and the new with the new colors, but a bit of the throwback design. So you get rid of the little stripe right here across the chest. You kind of keep that hawk thing on the sleeve. You need more green. Seattle, see, the well, Seahawks the need more mm. green because the yeah. Sonics are coming. Oh. So the city needs more oh. green integration. Well, what if they start, instead of using the neon, maybe they go to a bit of more of the Kelly, and instead of this, this such a dark navy, they come yeah. a little to this the royal, but not fully. Mm-hmm. The silver helmets are dope, but maybe you mirror them instead. Ooh, you know what I mean? Like the chromed out, out mirror. Mm. The chrome, yeah. The chrome is clean. Come on now. Um, I've always loved the neon, though. Yeah. I mean, shit. Yeah. Dion Brand- the Dion's brought that to us. Dion Branch and Dion Grant. Oh, like, man. we were literally coloring our sneakers with green highlighters oh right uh, paint pens because and then you know they should get royalties on that they they started that mcnasty joined the chat as soon as we started talking uniforms (laughs) you got thoughts is that why you jumped in no he's still muted (laughs) or maybe he just joined the chat oh wait sorry what was the question i said you jumped into the chat as soon as we started talking uniforms you had nothing to say during all the pete stuff we start talking uniforms you jump in do you have something to say um about the uniforms give, give us a, give You're us an away alternate nasty. uniform <laughs> hey what what are your thoughts though uh let's get the down and dirty from mcnasty you have a thought on pete we've had all of our thoughts on here i wanted one more year and i think they blindsided him and i don't like that yeah i don't like it really much either yeah but yeah okay hey how what, about this what's twitter saying mcnasty oh yes yeah. oh yeah we didn't really get the down and dirty yeah uh, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of stuff on Twitter. How long do we think that Wait, Pete what? knew? <laughs> hold on. Hold on, everyone. Breaking news from McNasty. <laughs> there's a lot of stuff on Twitter. Yeah, we know. Now to our weather. 
<laughs> Come on. You're supposed to give us the dark and dirty of Twitter. What are they saying out there? Is yeah. what, are, what are those? It's a lot of sadness. <laughs> a lot of sadness. I, right. But then there's also these troll Seahawks fans that are like, oh, good. I wanted him gone a while ago. Liars. You liars. What? You wanted to go 3-14 and 14 for four seasons? No, you did not. Get out of here. Well, uh, Russell posted a photo of, like, 13 former players from that team in 2013 at like a bar last night at 1 a.m. or at like 12 a.m. And we're trying to figure out how everyone planned a gigantic dinner last night already. Oh, they all fly PJ, dude. How long did they they were there till 12? I I got the call, but like I was basketball kid stuff. Russell's hanging there with that Legion of Boom and stuff. It's crazy. What? McNeil, why didn't you grab a microphone and head down there? Where were they? Someone, someone woke me up out of sleep at 1 a.m. and told me. Ah, oh, come on, man. They, they don't use VPNs. We could have figured that out. Sydney Rice is there. Oh, we know. Oh. All right. Hauschka's there. Next time. Ooh, Housh money? Sweet. No, dude, they all they all live in the area, don't they, Lova? They just they got together. Except for Russ. Yeah. Well, oh. So, I mean. Well, he flies you know. PJ, though. He just jumped on Absolutely. But, yeah. I mean, it's still, I mean. That's it's how awesome. Pete yeah. is. Yeah. You know, like that. Yeah. You know, even things didn't end the way we wanted to, you know, with Russ and, you know, um, to see him jump on a plane and fly back. I, I I don't believe he was in the area, you know. How long um, did how long did Pete know? How what are how, I think like he, would he have found out Monday. yesterday? I bet it was Monday. Okay. Or something. I thought he walked in yesterday and they told him because someone said his outfit wasn't formal enough. For the press conference. There's some down and dirty. See? There you go, McNasty. That's what I want to hear. That's looking into the details there, McNasty. Yeah. I love it. That's awesome. Oh man. Um, okay, what about this? I still if he's still there as an advisor, Lofa, and this is just me spitballing some ideas. If as long as he's in the building, I still think if they're on the fence about a certain draft pick, they should make them still have to beat Pete in one on one basketball. I don't a you, shoot off for the pick. Yeah, I don't know if you guys know that, but that's how they decide draft picks down there at the VMAC. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But they should keep doing that because that's yeah. <laughs> oh, I. You know what? I mean, if there's one bright side, um, I think we'll probably get more peak content out oh, of this. Yeah, true. You know, whether it's cruising the hallways on the razor or, you know, yeah. having a shoot off. I think I think we'll see more of that, which yeah. is which would be cool. Oh man, love it. Well, okay, is it too early, or do you want to give us some thoughts on like where you think they might go next? Or I mean, we kind of started this thing off by saying that to us it kind of signaled like it must mean they know who they want. Um, do you think they know who they want, or what direction do you think they'll go in? However, you want to answer that. I can't imagine it's not Dan Quinn. Oh. Um, I really? really, you know, he's he's been a successful head coach, you know, albeit he lost the Super Bowl, right, in that comeback. Um, well, he's but, not out there in a helmet and shoulder pads, you know. Exact, true, very yeah. true. Um, but I think he's ready for his next opportunity, and huh. I feel like that may have pushed the envelope in terms of, okay, you know, this is the time, unfortunately, because – Dan might take another job. I, I, everyone's reaching out to him to interview. There's, is there eight or nine vacancies now? Since? Yeah. I think there were seven before Pete and then, and then Bill um, just this morning, Belichick yeah. is, is uh, stepping down. Well, how about Bill? You want Bill Belichick as the next head coach of the Seahawks? <laughs> that would be a complete 180. <laughs> <Isn't that> crazy. <laughs> Pete From, and Bill join forces. Um, yeah, I don't see that happening. No. How um, about, uh, how about Vrabel? We talked about him on the show even, and, and everyone was shocked when he got let go. He was kind of the first shocking one. And then Pete was the next day, but instantly I thought, we'll hire that guy. Yeah, no, he's a great, great head coach. Um, you know, been to the playoffs and, you know, just a couple pieces from getting over the hump and getting to the big game. Yeah. But, um, I really, I don't see, especially with just changing the culture, because um, that's that's I think the biggest thing is keeping that intact. Yeah. Somewhat. Okay. 
the Seahawks culture, players. you mean? Like someone who was yes, here exactly. in Quinn. Yeah, these, okay. these guys were all brought in under John and Pete's reign. Right, And right. so they fit a certain, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know how to say it, but just they're, they're, they're pieces that were designed for this team. Right. And no, I got you. Yeah. I don't know how that mixes. And there's going to be overhaul. When the new coach comes in, regardless, like yeah. Dan's not going to keep everything the same when he does get here. But I think that messaging and the turnover can happen quicker if if you bring in Dan Quinn. How about uh, if you look into college? Um, there's a certain coach that just beat a college football team from Seattle that I'm pretty nervous, but also, I guess, I mean, he's a good coach, but I mean, yeah, (laughs) I can't even really complete the thought, but there's a guy out there that likes to run the ball and they play pretty good defense. (laughs) No, that's the offensive guy. Uh, How about the defensive Um, guy that likes to wear khakis? Well, so see, a lot of people are. Uh, wait, Harbaugh's an offensive guy. Well, he's a yeah. Well, yeah, but his teams also are really known for defense, which I like a lot. I mean, look what Michigan he's done with Michigan. He, you know, uh, at the Niners they had a stout defense. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I'm just saying he's a tough nosed guy. Maybe is also what I'm thinking. Yeah. No matter what I think of him, sort of in all my years of rooting against him. <laughs> oh man, I hate him. You know, <laughs> I can't stand Harbaugh. I, I think it ultimately comes down to, you know, who John can see the best fit. You know, they're like, just like Pete mentioned, they are in it together. They are partners in this thing and they have to see eye to eye or at least be open-minded to the other's opinion. I think that's why I know that's why this works so well between John and Pete. Um, And so John has to find that chemistry with a coach Mm -hmm. because you know, I feel like that's mm. kind of the struggle for a lot of organizations where, you know, it's like I'm running the show or you just coach or you, you know, like mm. and the power struggle, the it, sort of egos and everything it's gets never yeah. been anything close to that here. Mm-hmm. It has just been like, OK, well, this is what I think. What do you think? And that's a real partnership. Yeah. Right. And so um, I've always thought it was it was tough. You know, it's tough to coach in this league when if you get paired up with a guy who just has a totally drastically different uh, view of how a football team should be built and ran. Well, if I had a vote, if I had a say, if I was sitting at the big Seahawk mahogany table, you know what I would say, producer Katie? What? I would say, let's look east. Let's look to the northeast. There's a high school coach that I think just won a state championship and used to play quarterback for us, old number eight. (laughs) And then if we look right in our own backyard, there's a defensive middle linebacker used to wear number 51. He handles the D. This guy handles the O. Let's do this thing. You know? Come on. You want to throw your hat in the ring? Um, you want a co-head coach or, or head coach? <laughs> if Hass takes the job, I'll consider it. Ooh. <laughs> Somber, I call him. I lo- Come on. McNasty. Get after it. Oh, man. Oh, I want the enemy, too. What's that? Oh, Biennemi is a oh, good Biennemi, name. Yeah. People Biennemi's forget about Eric Biennemi. Listen, yeah. No, he's – Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Some great things with the uh, commanders, you know, just in the short time there. Um, I got to believe they're taking a look at, at him as the head coach. And then and then Canales is, again, a name that, you know, probably hasn't come up much. But Dave was here for, you know, a lot of our great years. Um, and then he went, um, had a good year here, you know, as a quarterback – coach a couple years but then um jumped over to tampa bay and they're in the playoffs right now and with baker mayfield and they have a chance so i could see him being a name getting a lot of interviews uh soon well whoever it is for me uh i just you know i want to just make sure that they are given the chance to be here for a while or to, to set their system the way that pete was the way that we had you know holmgren for a while like i know there's one of the guys just right, right there in the middle, but, but I, I, you need some continuity, you know, I don't want to all of a sudden become one of these teams that's chasing a head coach and chasing a quarterback and chasing after, cause that just, you know, be careful what you wish for Seahawk fans. Cause Pete Carroll, whatever, whatever you think, uh, it at least was steady and you could count on him. And so well, that's, that's what I'm nervous you know, about. I look at, yeah. And you look at some teams that are paying three guys not to coach. 
And yeah. And, and I hope they do the right thing and they, they give Antonio Pierce the job, but I mean, it should have been Basachi's job a year ago. Mm. Uh, you know who they let go after taking them to the playoffs in probably one of the most tumultuous situations I've ever seen, like just total chaos, but he kept this, the ship steady yeah. and they made the playoffs after all that. So, I mean, it's, some of these things are common sense. Yeah. It's like, wait, he took us to the playoffs after we started horribly and we fired a coach and he jumped in and took us to the playoffs. Yeah. There's something to be said, something to be said for some continuity, some steadiness, some, you know, just players can count on someone like things like that. I mean, that's what I want. Fans can count on it. You know, just want to be and you want to just stay competitive, obviously. So whoever it is, come on. Let's go Seahawks. Oh boy. The news is breaking fast this off season. We'll be here for all of it. Uh, thanks for checking in on this emergency podcast. Thanks to our sponsors, epicseats.com, simplyseattle.com, packback.com for the coolest coolers ever. And of course, delta.com, Delta Airlines. Um, yeah. Well, let's get out of here. Hands in the middle. Lofa, come on, break it down for Pete. I mean, one of the fiercest competitors I've ever met. And I'm talking up there with the likes of, you know, Kobe, Michael, all those greats. Like, I shit you not. There was nobody that loved winning more and despised losing more than Pete Carroll. So, always compete on three. One, two, three. Always, always compete. compete. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.